0: By the way, before I go too far, did you know that we love sending you free swag? We love sending you water bottles and signed copies of my book. We love giving you tickets to my live events like the Marketing Impact Academy or the Shalene Show Live. I love spoiling you. And my favorite way to do that is by picking a review each week, playing it for you or reading it here on the show. Either way, we love to have those reviews. And when we do that, If you hear your review on the podcast, all you have to do is reach out to us. The place to do that is below in our show notes. Let us know. It was you. Of course, we're going to ask you to prove it. And then we send you your swag. Hi, this is Kristen, Shalene's podcast manager. And today's review titled Top Fan by The Smart Lioness. I found Shalene at just the right time about two years ago. I'm a college psychology professor, but at the time, I was out for the summer, and I decided to start my own online business. I don't remember how I found this podcast, but it changed my life. I started listening all day, every day. I have learned so much from Chalene, and I'm so, so grateful to her. I am her biggest fan. Hey, um, we really need to sit down and talk. OK, like we need to have a serious conversation. Spoiler alert, that's one of the things you don't want to say when you need to approach someone about a serious conversation, a difficult conversation, especially when you're the kind of person who doesn't like conflict. Today on The Shaleen Show. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. At some point in our lives, we have had to, or we will need to in the near future, have a difficult conversation. And maybe you're listening because you don't like conflict. But I was thinking about it. Really, who does like conflict? I mean, is there anyone who who really loves conflict? I know what you're thinking. Someone's probably come to mind who you're pretty sure like they must like conflict because they're constantly trying to create it. Well, there are those people who it does seem like they like conflict. I don't think anyone seeks it out intentionally. But more importantly, I know a lot of us would much rather avoid conflict. We don't like that feeling. Conflict makes us feel like we're not liked. It makes us feel uneasy. It makes us feel unsure. It makes us feel unsafe. And in today's episode, I'm going to help you have those, approach those difficult conversations in such a way that it doesn't feel like conflict. Because the reason why you need to have the difficult conversation is because there is a conflict. So the first thing I want you to wrap your mind around is that difficult conversations are what we sometimes need to have to resolve conflict. Yes. And while I think we can agree most people want to avoid conflict, most people don't love conflict, there are also those individuals who will avoid conflict at all costs, often to their own detriment. Like this is the type of individual who will be walked on, taken advantage of, wait far too long before having a conversation that needed to happen like months, weeks, sometimes even years earlier. This is the person who the thought of having someone upset with them or angry with them, the thought of having to discuss something very important with someone else is so scary that they would rather deal with the negative consequences of not having that conversation, no matter how bad it is, they would rather deal with that versus the thought of having conflict with another person, the thought of having someone be angry with you or the thought of this uncomfortable situation. So much so that it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in your own head. Like you're ready to have that conversation, but then you start to think about what could possibly happen. The conflict that you're creating in your own head turns into a monster. It turns into a fire breathing dragon that lives under your bed, that begins to haunt you, that begins to take over your every thought. It turns into a knot in your stomach that just will not go away. It hijacks your confidence and it holds your thoughts for ransom. Like you can't think about anything else even when you're trying other than this conversation that you need to have. But you are so deathly paralyzed by the fear you have around the conflict that you imagine in your head that you put off the conversation for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. And before long, it has taken over your life. And I really don't think it matters how confident of an individual you are. We've all done this. We've all been there. But I wanna pull up some examples so that you can think back on some of these conversations and maybe what you could have done differently. Or maybe you can look forward and consider how much easier a difficult conversation is going to be after listening to this episode. Examples might be going into your boss and asking for a raise, breaking up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, letting your spouse know that something that they do is just not okay with you. Maybe it's figuring out what to do with a long-time friendship that is just, it's played its course, resigning from your job, letting one of your bridesmaids know that you don't want her to be in the wedding. Telling your mom and dad that their dream for you isn't your dream. Or maybe it's something really serious, like a difficult conversation, like having to explain to your grown daughter that her dad isn't actually her biological father. And I can imagine oh, something like that. You would struggle for quite some time to figure out exactly how to have that conversation. And I don't want you to even get into the mindset of comparing whether one conversation is more difficult than another, frankly, any time we're trying to resolve conflict, it's not easy, right? And sometimes it's trivial matters, like a friend who hurt your feelings and you need to know how to handle it. At one point or another, we have all shied away from having that conversation. One thing that for sure makes it worse is waiting. That's my first tip for you is, Once you are prepared to have this conversation, actually, I should say this, once you realize a conversation needs to be had, instead of putting that conversation off, I want you to get to work immediately on the preparation, if you will, preparing yourself to have this conversation and to tell yourself right now, it's not going to be difficult. It's gonna be so much easier. In fact, things are gonna be so much better after you have this conversation. But it is important, to be prepared. And step one is to understand that you don't wanna put it off, but the timing of the conversation can make the conversation much easier. And the worst time to have a conversation about something that feels like a big deal is when you're feeling emotional about it. Now, yes, I understand there's certain things, you're never gonna be able to remove the emotion that you feel, but specifically I'm referring to moments when you're angry or you're mad where you want to make a statement, where your emotion is clouding your common sense and your ability to stay calm and your ability to resolve conflict. Your emotion is clouding your ability to hear the other person's side. So step one is to begin to prepare that conversation immediately. Preparing yourself also means identifying the best time to have it timing is everything. Timing is going to improve the way that your message is received. Rather than just thinking about what's the best time for you and making certain that you're calm, I also want you to think about, is this the right time to have this conversation with the other party? Like, are they in the middle of something huge? Now, again, don't use that as a an excuse like, oh, gosh, I need to have this conversation. But they're right in the middle of medical school. So I'm going to wait another eight years before I have this conversation. I mean, you want to resolve it as quickly as possible. But do give some thought and consideration to how their emotional state, their mental state will have an impact on how they receive the message. Because this is going to be A communication process. It's not going to be a monologue in most instances. You have an objective that you want to accomplish with this conversation. There's something you want to come from it. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Therefore, this person's state of mind has a major impact on whether you're going to have a happy ending, a positive outcome, or one that means both of you being angry and doing further damage to your relationship. Don't use timing as an excuse, but do use it as a way by which to gauge the right frame of mind for the person who you need to have the conversation with. When Brett and I were dealing with his addiction, my addiction, and really struggling in our marriage, struggling with communication, I had the worst timing. And I think it was also triggered by the fact that on Fridays, because he used to coach high school football, and we would run our business together. So on Fridays, I was always really triggered and angry and upset. That was a day when he had to like really dive into football and he would have to step out of the business and I would feel Sorry for myself and feel all this like pressure on my shoulders, and that would like trigger me. And it would make these conversations that I need to have with him feel like I need to have this conversation right now because my emotions were really high on Fridays. But Fridays were the worst possible day ever for me to have a conversation with him about something like that because he was needing to be mentally focused on the game, not for me, but like for the, you know, 100 kids that played on the team and the other coaches, I mean, and the whole team and and the school. But whenever I tried to bring something up that we needed to discuss, because it felt really urgent to me on Fridays, it never went well. The outcome that I was hoping for absolutely never happened because he was in the wrong frame of mind. And I was in the wrong frame of mind. And it took us a while to figure out like, okay, this should never happen on Fridays, ever. I'm emotional and he's focused. And conversely, if Brett needs to talk to me about something like have a serious conversation or address something, he knows like the worst time in the world to do that is on a day where I'm preparing for a keynote or a presentation or a video that I need to really be on and focused for. So again, same thing. He might be feeling triggered, I'm feeling focused, It's just, it's not the right time. Next, and maybe I should have started with this one, but either way, this is one of the most important things for you to consider before having that conversation. And it's this, what's the objective? What are you trying to get out of it? And don't just think about this. You need to write it down. Your objective for the conversation. First, let me start by sharing with you some objectives that are not going to serve you. They would include, if your objective is to win an argument, don't bother. If your objective is to change someone's beliefs by having a conversation, don't even try it. If you're thinking that you need to have this conversation so that this person, like, wow, all they need to do was hear your side of things, and they're going to have this amazing epiphany, like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I was so wrong, and he was so right, or I was so wrong, and she was so right. Like, they're not going to have this awakening, this epiphany. Your objective should never be to get an apology. You just, you're going to walk away from that sadly disappointed. Some really positive objectives, objectives that make more sense when it comes to having a conversation include having a better understanding of the other person's position. Improving your relationship. A positive objective, a realistic objective is to clarify expectations for both parties. A realistic objective is to feel more motivated or to improve the motivation of the person that you're speaking with. A healthy objective is to reach an understanding, a better understanding. A healthy objective is to provide transparency, but understand that that may come with consequences. A healthy objective may be to come up with potential solutions or even just to give you a new perspective. And in some cases, the conversation's objective might just be foreclosure. It might just be that you, just, you need to tie this up with a bow and put it away once and for all. You need to state your piece and then walk away. You're not expecting to change anyone's opinion. You're not expecting things to be different. You need to say what you need to say and walk away that's a relatively healthy objective. Sometimes that is just letting someone know that they're going to be terminated or that you need to break up with them or that this isn't going to work out. And either way, it feels like a difficult conversation, but you want to think of it as you being able to make a bold statement. You've reached a decision and now you're finding the courage that it takes to share that decision. And that's a pretty powerful objective when you consider your objective, you're going to have a much easier time of remembering how important it is to keep all these other things in mind, like the timing, right? So if you really want to reach a resolution, if you want this person to make some changes to improve for things to be better, then you're much more apt to think about their state of mind and how you have to help them feel even as angry as you might be or fed up or whatever it is, like if your objective is to get them to change in some way, making them feel resentful or defensive is not gonna accomplish your objective. So that's going to help you keep all these other tips in mind because you're like, okay, I just, I need to focus on the objective. What is the objective? Because remember, you're never going to change someone's mind. You're never going to like, you know, finger wag your way into getting someone to change. People need to feel like it's their own decision and it's something that they want to do and something that they will actually benefit from. And when we keep that objective in mind, we will likely have a much more positive outcome. Having said that, their frame of mind before you have the conversation is really important. And the last thing you want to do is make someone defensive before you even sit down to have a conversation. One of the easiest ways, like a surefire way to make someone defensive or anxious or nervous, is by making statements like, Hey, (laughs) we need to talk. Yeah, we need to sit down. Like, doesn't that just drive you nuts? It's like that person who sends you a text message who's like, Hey, Um, can we talk? And you're like, yeah, like about what? (laughs) It's so annoying when people do that because like, yeah, what's coming my way? Do I need to duck under the table and cover? Or is this just a conversation about what we're having for dinner? Like, don't make it such a big deal. That's my next tip to you is don't make it such a big deal in your own head and don't make it such a big deal when you're trying to arrange for a time to have a conversation, You can do this by using different language. Say things like, hey, I've got some ideas I want to run by you. When's a good time to chat? That's completely different from, I think we need to sit down and have a conversation. Let's say, for example, you would love to talk to your boss about getting a pay increase. Well, the worst thing in the world you can do is to walk up to your boss and say, um, yeah, I'm uh, kind of upset about my pay rate. And I'd like to sit down and have a conversation. Your boss is already on the defensive. Your best friend, when you say to them, I'm pretty upset about some things and I'd like to sit down and have a conversation, like already they're on the defensive. Low key it in your own mind so it doesn't turn into a monster and low key the way you set up the conversation. Because if you're thinking of it already as I need to confront this person, you have already lost. Take that word out of your vocabulary. Anytime you think I need to confront, you might as well say, I need to fight this person, in which case no one wins. You lose and they lose. Don't think of it as a confrontation. Think of it as a conversation. Other ways you can position this conversation are simple things like, I'd love to get your opinion on some things. When's a good time we could chat? Hey, let me know when you've got some time. I'd love to sit down and get a little better understanding about fill in the blank. Hey, I wanted to run a few ideas past you. What's a good time for us to grab a cup of coffee? Hey, when you're not busy, I would love to be able to set up a time where we could sit down and do a little bit of brainstorming together. I was wondering if you would have time later this week where I could bounce a few ideas off of you. Like the more low key you make the conversation, the more relaxed and at ease this person will be when you sit down to have the conversation. Many people, when they know they need to have a difficult conversation, they either rehearse what they're going to say in their head over and over and over again, or they actually write down what it is they're going to say to the other person. In both cases, what you're doing is having a monologue, not a conversation. If you truly want to have a conversation, it needs to dialogue back and forth. And the best way to do that is by, instead of preparing what it is you're going to say, like you're preparing an opening and closing statement, instead of doing that, I want you to prepare some questions. Approach the conversation from a fact-finding, like curiosity mode, as opposed to having a defensive stance, like you need to win an argument. The way to win most difficult conversations, the way to achieve your objective, is to stay calm and to remember that how the other person feels will determine how they're going to react and also how they're going to receive the information. With that in mind, this is going to be easy for you. If you go into the situation asking more questions, it automatically forces you to become more open-minded. In fact, before you have this conversation, I want you to seriously consider putting yourself in their shoes. I mean, what would it be like to be them? With their set of circumstances their life experiences, the things that they've been through, like, especially if you know this person, you probably know the reasons they act the way that they do. Like, think about their childhood. Think about the traumas that they've been through. Think about their, their experiences and how they've responded to other things. As opposed to taking this so personally, imagine what this conversation would feel like from their point of view, with their point of reference. Imagine you're them for a moment with all of their insecurities, with all of their character flaws, because, you know, we're perfect. But you know what I'm saying? Like, just imagine for a second that you are them and that you think the way that they think. So now that you can do that, imagine how you could help to diffuse the conversation. Imagine what kind of questions you could ask that aren't antagonistic, but really would help you to better see things From their perspective, let's go back to the whole, you know, you need to ask your boss for a raise situation. Rather than going in with your, you know, little piece of paper and your little typed out list of all the things that you've done and how great you are and all the reasons why you should be making as much as Sharon, imagine what it's like from that person, your supervisor, your boss's perspective, right? So first you want to think about like, what are all the things that, you know, they're probably going to point out that you haven't done or that you could be doing better. Well, you can immediately diffuse the situation by acknowledging those things before you even start and then go into fact-finding mode, asking your supervisor what it might take to take your performance to the next level. What are some expectations that they might have for you? You could even ask what things they've seen you do that they'd like to see you do more of. Like, what are you doing right? Or maybe leading the witness, letting them know, like, here are the things I do to go above and beyond. And I just, I want to get your approval on these, make sure that they're cool with you and that I'm on the right track because it's really important to me to serve this company or to move to the next level or to meet your objectives. Like, instead of Going in with a list and being defensive about it, you're doing two things. You're finding out what more you could do. And at the same time, you're pointing out all the things you're already doing. And who knows, maybe you'll leave this conversation with a pay increase. Next, if this is truly a conversation, you need to listen. You need to listen to what they've said. You need to hear their point of view and you need to repeat it back. Use the words that they've just used. That helps them to understand, number one, you're on the same team. It diffuses emotion. Number two, you're also making certain that you've heard what they've said and you understand it. You can also further diffuse any defensiveness because, remember, people don't change. They don't see your perspective. They just get defensive and stuck when they feel like they're being attacked. Even if your intention is very loving if another person, when you're having this conversation, feels like you're trying to tell them how they're wrong, it feels like a attack on their identity. Even if they know these things to be true, it hurts. So help to diffuse those emotions by pointing out your own shortcomings, by leading with things that they'll be able to relate to, by making yourself relatable, by bringing yourself to their level, by not making it all about them almost making it about you. For example, whenever people ask me, how do I get my significant other to go to counseling without them feeling like I think there's something wrong with them and they need to fix themselves? I always say, go to therapy yourself. Start working on yourself. And then it's a much easier conversation to have with your partner to say to them, you know, I think to really help me work through some of these things it would be ideal if we could go to a few sessions together. I think that'll help you better understand me. Maybe we'll have a easier time of communicating. You know, it's like whatever you have to do to get them to go. I mean, just saying to someone, listen, I really think you need to go to therapy. Even though you might mean that in the most loving way, what it sounds like to the other person is, you know what? You are messed up. You have issues and I do not, <laughs> you know? how does that make another person feel? Attacked. And they're not likely to want to go. Like, and if they do go, it's going to be with great reluctance. Think about your objective. What is your objective? Your objective is to help people feel loved, to help people feel significant, and help people feel heard and understood. And the best way to feel understood is if we can relate to one another. So you can't make it all about the other person. You've got to see your own ways. You've got to be able to point them out and to make it more about you. We are so good at reading between the lines, which is funny because if you Google how to deal with a difficult conversation, which of course, I always Google whatever topic it is I'm going to be discussing. The predominant advice is to be direct and to not mince words and to just, you know, confront the other person. It's like, what? And every online article must just be copying this information. But y'all, that does not work. Do you think the FBI or the CIA or the people who need to have difficult conversations, who need others to do what they need them to do, do you think they'd just go about it by being direct? No, you have to understand human psychology. Duh. Now, of course, there are instances where it's really important to be direct, especially when you're really making a statement, when you're creating boundaries, when you need to be very clear about expectations, when it's the fifth time that you're counseling somebody about the same problem and you're ready to walk or you're ready to terminate them or you're ready to end the friendship. If you've already had previous conversations, and it's not going anywhere, and now you need to communicate very clearly what's going to happen next, then it is really important to be direct, to remove the emotion, to stay calm, to be direct, to be certain that you're not mincing words, to clearly define expectations, and then also to let them know about the consequences. And these, again, cannot be empty threats. Whether you're speaking to a child or a coworker, an employee, a significant other, when you make empty threats, when you make threats that you're not going to follow through on, all that you're doing is conditioning the other person not to believe that you're serious. When you say things like, I heard this this weekend, we were in an airport, when I hear a parent saying to a child, if you keep that up, we're going to get on this plane and leave you behind. The child knows the parent isn't going to do that. Or if you keep that up, I'm going to take that iPad away from you and throw it away. The kid knows you're not going to throw an iPad away. If you tell your spouse, if they continue to abuse alcohol, that you're going to leave and then you don't, all that you're doing is sending mixed messages. All that you're doing is conditioning them to know You don't mean what you say. That doesn't mean stay silent. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't communicate your desires. It means that you must clearly define what is acceptable, what is unacceptable, and then how it is you will handle it if it continues to happen. Like you really need to clearly define that and then you need to follow through. Okay, my last and final tip is this. It's not going to be as big of a deal as you've made it in your head. Most often people fear having a conversation, a difficult conversation because of an early childhood experience where you didn't feel loved or rejected or heard by your parents. Like you were afraid to have a conversation when you had the conversation with an adult, an adult caregiver or a parent, you felt alone, you felt fear, you felt as though you were being rejected or unlovable But now you're an adult, and you need to have this conversation with another adult. So if they don't like you, if they are angry with you, so what? Life goes on. Don't allow putting off this conversation to continue to rob you of your thoughts, to rob you of your confidence, and to just interrupt your life. You're going to live through it. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It is so not going to be that big of a deal. This person is not going to freak out. They're not going to hate you. They're not going to slap you across the face or throw a drink in your face unless, of course, you deserve it. Just joking. Really, it's not going to be as big of a deal as you think it's going to be. 99.9% of the time, it goes so much easier than what we've made it out to be in our head. And our only regret is, why didn't I have this conversation earlier? Now that you've got all of these tools and resources at your fingertips, that conversation that you've been putting off, it's going to be so much easier. Like it is going to go the way you hoped it would go. All right. So here's your homework assignment. I want you to send me an Instagram DM and let me know what conversation you're going to have immediately. And let me know how long you've been putting it off. Okay, this is going to be fun. See, I'm holding you accountable, but I want you to first tell me you're going to have the conversation and then go have the conversation and then report back to me. That would be really fun. Ooh, you know what would be even cooler than that? Leave me a voicemail message and tell us what you thought was going to happen and then what really happened because that'll really inspire other people. You can do that. I'm going to put a link below the show so you can leave me a voicemail message on our SpeakPipe widget. It's on my website. Just go to shaleen.com and you can leave a message there and this will be fun. No, this will be freeing. You need to free yourself from the thought of this conversation, because I know it has been in your head for too long and you just have the conversation and not make it such a big deal. All right, I cannot wait for you to listen to Wednesday's edition of the Shalene Show. Got some good stuff planned for you and Fridays too. Awesome. All right, guys, I love you. I mean it and I'll talk to you soon. Well, ladies, it seems as though a lot of us have just kind of wised up to the fact that We're living in our workout wear. In fact, you've probably heard the term athleisure. Like it's easier to put on a pair of yoga pants and like a cute off the shoulder shirt than it is a tight pair of jeans and come up with an outfit. Like it's socially acceptable. I travel a ton. I notice everyone is traveling now in their yoga pants. When I'm at the grocery store, when I'm visiting my kids on campus, like everyone is wearing athletic apparel. And ladies, I think we've kind of figured out, like you don't have to pay a fortune to get top quality, really adorable fitness apparel. As a matter of fact, price really has nothing to do with quality, especially when it comes to Fabletics. I love Fabletics. I love Fabletics obviously because of the price, number one, and number two, the fit. Number three, the quality is exceptional. And number four, super cute and functional. I guess five would be functional. I've all but converted my closet to Fabletics. I live in the stuff. I'm wearing it right now as we record. In fact, to be specific, I'm wearing the Myla High-Waisted Pocket Capri in Raspberry. It's so freaking cute. Like, I love their Capris because their Capris are really Capris. Normally, when I order a Capri, it goes all the way down to my ankle. Like, they have different lengths, which is awesome. They've got mid-rise, high-rise. Okay, this one is a fashion commentary okay so you can't always live in your yoga pants i mean you can but if you really want to be like adorably cute and super comfortable right and you know jeans are not comfortable wear a pair of joggers now if you go look at my instagram you'll see you can make a jogger look super dressed up you can put it with a little stiletto that is so fashion forward put it with like a stiletto and then a rocker tee oh my gosh their joggers are to die for get the Daria. Their Daria joggers are super comfortable, they're super flattering, I love them. All right, listen, you can take advantage of their VIP offer and you get two pairs, your first two pairs for $24. And if you're already a VIP, maybe this should just be a reminder, you need to do a little bit of shopping. I was just on their site five minutes ago and I'm like, oh lordy, I need all of these new colors, I need all of these new styles, I need joggers in every color ladies do yourself a favor save yourself some money get some really cute new workout wear that's high quality that you will love by shopping at fabletics go to fabletics.com forward slash shaleen